It is my honor and my thrill to uh, introduce Dr. Jeff Fugit. Not only do I believe the premier fundamental independent Baptist preacher in America, but my friend. Uh, God has blessed me uh, beyond measure. There's a verse in the Bible that says that a man's gift be bringeth him before great men. I think one of the gifts God has given this preacher is he's allowed me to be around great men. And one of those men at the top of the list is our preacher tonight. I love Dr. Fugit. Uh, we don't get to spend a lot of time together. He's quite busy. Obviously, we're busy around here, and uh, we get to see each other a time or two a year, and that's about it. But we love each other. We pray for each other. We get back and forth with each other as we need to. Uh, I believe one of the things that he and I will get to enjoy in heaven is a little time together. Uh, I really do, but we, we're just busy. We're on the same team. We're just working on different fields. And uh, so it's exciting to me. Uh, do me a favor. Listen to him. Would you let him pastor you for the next 45 minutes or so? Uh, here's a man of great experience, man of great ability. You'll enjoy it. I know that, but it's not uh, entertainment. It's, it's, it's eternity. Uh, it's not a matter of even life and death. It's a matter of life and eternal life. And uh, it's, a, it's so much more than that. Just listen to him. Uh, that would mean so much. And I know you do. You're, you're great people. Uh, this is one of the most unique churches in all America. You're nuts. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I, I want you to hear what the man of God has to say. Uh, many of you, most of you, did not get to know Dr. Jack Hiles. Uh, I was privileged to work with him and know him. Uh, let me tell you something. Brother Fugit is an awful lot like Brother Hiles was. He really is. Uh, has that great love for people, the great ability to uh, transport a truth to us that we can use, uh, beat you upside the head and make you enjoy it while you do it. And uh, But I love this man. I want you to hear him. Brother Fugit, come preach to us tonight. Oh, that's fine. You can be seated. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4 tonight. Thank you. Matthew chapter 4. Thank you so much, Matthew chapter 4. It is good to be in church tonight. Uh, there are thousands of folks that have gathered in stadiums to watch football and baseball. and uh, They get to cheer when their team scores and they hope that their team wins and they get to cheer again. Ah, but we got to cheer from the beginning to the end because we're already on the winning side, aren't we? Isn't that a good thing? And I'm glad to be in church tonight. We could be a lot of places, and uh, but I decided I wanted to be here, and I'm glad to be in church. Thank you for being here tonight on Tuesday night. I appreciate it. Good to see you men from Pennsylvania, and love you folks and appreciate them. You notice they're wearing blue jackets. They're not twin brothers. They're, they're not. They're not twins. They got those blue jackets from Kentucky. They're where they got those. And those are Kentucky blue jackets, and they're in the Bus Ministry Hall of Fame is what it is. Amen. And uh, because of the fact that they've been in the bus ministry for so many years, have reached so many hundreds and thousands of young people uh, through the bus ministry, we've recognized them at our church and at our Amen. conference, and so uh, we're glad that they're here. I appreciate Brother Aaron's singing, don't you? Isn't that good? I, ju I just like it. I said that last night, I know, but I enjoyed that good song, uh, My Sins Are in the Depths of the Sea. 
and uh, I'm, I'm thankful for that. I sure love you, preacher, and I've enjoyed time with him today. I just, I just did, and I enjoy getting to spend time with him and talking about ministry and uh, serving the Lord. I always like to preach in a place where the preacher loves his people. And, 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 and that's not always the case. And, and sometimes we don't think about that because you're in a place where your pastor and church loves one another and you're on the same team pulling in the right direction. They used to say of a mule down home, if he's pulling, he ain't kicking. If he's kicking, he ain't pulling. So, 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 so it's good to be in a church where the folks not are, are not kicking, but they're all pulling. Amen. And uh, that's a blessing. And I appreciate that. I appreciate your growing testimony uh, and influence in this region of the country and sometimes we look at just attendance in church and i i like attendance in church but but also like that there's a lighthouse and you know the the folks in this town ought to know if they have a need if they have a broken heart they have somebody that needs to be saved. This is the place you're going to call. And uh, so that's good. And I'm, I'm glad. I appreciate your love for your pastor too. Matthew chapter 4. I will ask you to stand now as we read the word of God. And we're going to read uh, 11 verses tonight because it tells uh, a part of a story and a section of a story. And a very interesting one. <clears throat> I'm going to preach tonight on this subject. Let Jesus be your friend. Uh, let Jesus be your friend. I'm not going to be, I don't think, as lighthearted uh, as I was last night. Uh, last night was as serious as, as tonight. Uh, but the uh, presentation of uh, truth, the presentation of the message, will be a little more, maybe require a little bit more of our attention on purpose tonight as I read several verses. And I'd like to reason with you if I could. Uh, reason with you. You know, I'm glad that I have a God that I can reason with. Amen. Uh, you know, you start reasoning in the life of uh, Muhammad and there'll be some years that you'll be ashamed of. Uh, and you'll, you'll find some holes in their theology. Yes. Uh, you won't find any holes in the Word of God. Uh, you won't find a day that you'd be ashamed of in the life of Jesus Christ. And uh, so I want you to listen and reason with me tonight. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse number 1, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness... To be tempted of the devil. Now he's preparing for ministry is what these 40 days are about. And so after these 40 days he's going to begin his earthly ministry that would last for some uh, three and a half years. Verse number two. And when he had fasted, uh, that means he did not eat. Uh, when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. I'm glad the Bible says that. Uh, because uh, I told them the, when the doctor said to me, 2,000 calories a day is what you need. And I said, that's what I'm doing. He said, I think it's the 2,000 then at night that's killing you. <laughs> so Jesus doesn't eat morning or night. He doesn't eat morning or night. He's fasting. And then the Bible says he was afterward and hungry. That's, that's, that's easy to understand and that's practical. Uh, he's hungry. And then when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. 
And the devil quotes scripture. Anytime you see the phrase for it is written, it's a reference to the Old Testament. And let me just add, folks who say the Old Testament's not for today, you tell them that was Jesus' favorite book to preach from. Yes, sir. And if Jesus could preach from the Old Testament, then I can preach from the Old Testament. Amen. And so, But the devil is quoting the Old Testament, and he says here it's written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus saith unto him, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. If you will mark your Bibles in this passage, as we will come back to it in about ten minutes, and I want you to mark your place there as I preach on the subject tonight, let Jesus be your friend. Heavenly Father, I pause to pray, not because I am required to before I preach. I pause to pray, not because it is a habit to But I pause to pray because I hunger for the power of the Holy Spirit and I hunger for the wisdom of God to preach this truth in a way, first of all, that can be understood and then most importantly in a way that can be applied. For if we come, Lord, and we only hear, we've deceived ourselves thinking we've accomplished something. But if, Lord, we hear to do, If we're here to do your will, then certainly we've accomplished your will. So bless tonight, I do pray in Jesus' name, amen, you may be seated. Now what I'm going to say in the beginning is very elementary. It's very primary, but it's important to understand for the truth of the sermon. And I want to begin by saying tonight, God created the world and he created everything in it And he created the world and everything in it for him and his good pleasure. Now, it's important to say that, first of all, because our culture today no longer and has it now for some 50 years taught creation. Uh, They have taught in our school system evolution. I doubt anyone here would uh, uh, relate to to, uh, that. And everyone here would say, without a doubt, I believe that God created the world. But there is an additional truth to the creation that sometimes even Christians miss, and that is everything God created, he made it for himself. Now, that may sound selfish to, to you and I tonight, but everything you bought, you bought it for yourself. You bought your house to live in. It really doesn't matter if others like it or not because you don't care if they live in it. You don't expect anybody to be in your house You bought it for you to live in. You like sitting in your chair. You like your pillow. You like your snacks. You like your house shoes. You like, you, you bought everything for yourself. And so that's just a bit of an understanding. God is the giver of life. He is the maker of man and he made everything for himself. Here's what the Bible says, Colossians chapter 1 verse number 16, for by him are all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, 
All things were created by him and for him. Paul wrote to the church at Philippi these words, For it is written, uh, God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So we're settled on the fact that God created everything and he made the world for himself. The second thing I want to say again is elementary, but it's important to understand the message. Satan was once the mighty cherub angel with great authority in heaven. But he rebelled against God. And he declared, I will become God. Yes. I'll become God and the world will not worship God the creator. The world will worship me. At least mark your Bibles for Isaiah chapter 14. It's important that you understand this. And if you have a new international version, uh, first of all, you've been sold a bad Bible. Yes. Uh, but second of all, this passage of scripture would call, uh, would call Jesus the devil rather than calling Lucifer the devil. And my purpose of preaching tonight is not about the King James Bible, but that is the only one that I preach yes. from, read from, study from. Once you find the thing that is perfect, you don't look for anything else. But the Bible says this, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Now, if you'll notice in the reading, that's not a question. It's a declaration. In fact, it's an exclamation. He says, How art thou fallen? He didn't say, Now, how did this happen? It's not a question. It's an exclamation. He said, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did Weaken the nations, for thou hast said in thine heart. Notice these words, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend into the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. So I said, first of all, God created everything in this world for himself. I said, second of all, Satan was expelled from heaven because he rebelled against God and declared that he would take the affection of man from God. The third thing I want to say is, clearly, Satan desires the worship and praise of God's creation. That's what the whole war, that's what the whole battle is about. Satan wants your praise. Satan wants your worship. Now, you may say, well, he's never going to get mine, but we'll see what the Bible says about how it is defined. Daniel 9.27 introduces for us what's called the abomination of desolation. That's when the devil will sit on an earthly throne and will declare himself on earth on a throne. He will declare himself in the form of the Antichrist. I am God and the world will worship me. Now you understand he's attempted that through the years with a trial to see what would happen. Only only the three Hebrew children would not worship the golden image and we find it through the Bible. Jesus mentioned this abomination of desolation in Matthew chapter 24 when he said this in verse number 25. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. The church at Thessalonica was confused about the devil, about the Antichrist, about the coming of Christ. And so Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica these words. And that man of sin will be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth, don't miss these words, 
and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. That's where the devil is headed. He's headed to an earthly throne, and we're already seeing these things come to pass in a one-world government, a one-world church. We're seeing those things happen, and even men have founded churches called uh, the, the church of Satan. And so we see that the devil wants to steal uh, the affection and the praise that belongs to God. Now, that is how the battle works. But, but, but there's a misunderstanding about Satan. If I had children to draw a picture of Satan tonight, they would pick a red crayon. They'd put a pitchfork, and they'd put horns on his head, smoke coming out of his eyes and ears, and he'd be this devilish demon-looking person. But the devil never approached anybody in the Scripture in that way. He always approached them as a friend, and he said the same thing to every single person. And here's what he said. You don't have to do what God said. You're a smart man. You have your own will. You have your own intellect. Why don't you choose what you want to do rather than being put in a box by God? Why don't you enjoy life? The devil never went to anyone and said, Hey, let me give you this, let me give you this bottle of booze to drink. Uh, let, 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 let me give you these drugs uh, uh, that will make you uh, feel happy about everything. That's not what he does. Satan comes to be friend in the same way every time. And he says, I'm your friend and I want to help you to accomplish what you want to accomplish in life. I want you to go back to our text in Matthew chapter 4. And I want you to notice what he says to Jesus. He said in verse number 3, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Now, the Bible calls that a temptation. I want to ask you a question. Is it sin to eat bread? No, sir. No, in fact, it's a good thing. Amen. <laughs> and there would have been nothing wrong with him turning stones into bread. Some of you ladies turned bread into stones recently. <laughs> but that's not what he said. He didn't say turn bread into stones. He said turn stones into bread. Yes. But now, there's no sin in that. Now, wait a minute. <clears throat> Jesus hasn't had anything to eat in 40 days. Now one time they were at they were they they were at the temple and the disciples ate of the bread the show bread and the and the scribes criticized them telling them they ate bread and 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 Jesus explained why it was okay for them to eat that bread and for them to uh, pluck that corn and eat that corn on the Sabbath day. So why is it a sin or why would it be called a temptation for Jesus to turn bread into stones? He tempted him. There's no, there's no vulgarity in that. There's no immorality in that. There is no breaking of the law. He didn't ask him to eat a piece of smoked pork. So how was it a temptation? Notice what Jesus answered. But he answered and said, verse number four, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Here's what he's saying. I did not come, Satan, to do your will, 
But I didn't come to do my will. I came to do the will of the Father. Yes, and I can't do what you say because I have to do what is written to fulfill the word of God. Amen. Notice then he, he tempts him again. Then the devil taketh him into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. And then the devil quoted scripture. For it is written... He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now that is true, and that is in the Scripture. That's what the Bible says. But notice Jesus' response in verse number 7. Jesus said unto him, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He said, What you're trying to get me to do is something different than God the Father sent me to do. Now don't miss what I'm about to tell you. God the Father sent His Son into the world, conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. That means He fulfilled the law. He never did anything He wasn't supposed to do. And He did everything that He was supposed to do. 200 and some odd positive commands, 300 and some odd negative commands. And when you put those together, there's 611 commandments. Jesus fulfilled every single one of those. That's why he came. Jesus was on a set course to do the will of the Father. And what the devil said was, I don't want you to sin. I just want you to do what you want to do. That's what he did to every person he went to in the Bible. Right. Take your Bible and go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. John chapter 8 and go with me to verse number 28. John eight twenty-eight. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he. And that I do nothing of myself, but as the Father hath taught me, I speak though these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone. Look at verse number 29. For I do always those things that please him. Now, I want you to hear what I'm about to tell you. Satan does not care that you live in gross sin. He may not tempt you to drink alcohol or to live in immorality. But Satan simply does not want you to do the will of God. And here's why. When you do God's will, that glorifies God. Yes, sir. We sometimes replace glorifying God what we do with what we say. Anybody can sing, oh, how I love Jesus. But it takes a Christian to live the life that we show that we love Christ. Uh, you've seen bumper stickers. I like bumper sticker. Uh, one bumper sticker says, honk if you love Jesus. I've seen that before in a blue horn. Then I saw one better than that. It said, tithe if you love Jesus. Anybody can honk. <laughs> so the work of the devil is to befriend us. He destroys every teenager that he destroys, not by tempting them with sin, but tempting them to do 
don't miss it, what they want to do. And here's what the average Christian lives by today. I don't see anything wrong with this. That's right. What's wrong with this? What's wrong with going there? What's wrong with listening to that? What's wrong with wearing that? What's wrong? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not here to figure out what's wrong with things. I'm here to fulfill the will of God because he made me for one reason, and that's to glorify God. And so what the devil wants, he wants that glory. So if I do what I want to do, that satisfies the devil, and that's why the devil started this whole war. And so he could get my praise. I will not let the devil have my praise. I will not do what he wants me to do, even if it's to eat a peanut butter sandwich. I'll eat it when God says to eat it, not when the devil says to eat it, because my life is given to bring honor and glory to him. Now, most everyone in the Bible that ended up in sin did not start out in sin. They started out just to do what there was nothing wrong with, and what they wanted to do. The prodigal son had an inheritance coming to him. What is an inheritance? An inheritance is something you give to your children. Is there any sin in giving an inheritance? No. That's what it's for. But he didn't wait for the will of the father. He said, I want it now. I want it for me. And what happened when he did what he wanted to do, it led him to the far country. It led him to riotous living. It led him to losing everything he had. And dear friend, listen to me. It is not sin that, that destroys us. It's doing what we want to do rather than saying, is this what God wants me to do? Amen. Folks have said to me, well, preacher, what's wrong with camping? There's nothing, in fact... Camping is good and fun and right. And I tell parents, don't raise your children in amusement. That means no thinking. When they don't think, the devil thinks for them. Raise them in recreation so they can recreate mind, body, soul, and spirit. Teach them to fish and hunt and be out in the woods and those things. You say, well, what's wrong with that? Nothing unless it violates something that God told me to do. Yes. So I don't hunt and fish on Sunday. That's right. I heard a story about one preacher decided he, he was an avid golfer. Now, I'm not an avid golfer. I, 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 I think if they would put sand or water in that cup, I could knock it in the cup because that's where I always get the ball. <laughs> one preacher loved golf so much, he decided to go on Sunday. And you know how the story goes. St. Peter said to God, said, you're not going to let him away with that, are you? He said, no, I'm not. Watch this. Preacher gets up and tees off and hits a hole in one. And St. Peter said, God... What would you do that for? He said, now who's he going to tell? <laughs> so Satan comes to befriend you. And he tells you and I what we want to hear. He doesn't tell us to go into sin. He says, do what you want to do because you do have a mind of your own. Think of every case in the Bible and think of every person that went into sin. I ask you a question. Was it wrong for Samson to want a girl to, want a girl to be his wife? No. God made man. He said, a man that uh, uh, findeth a wife, it's a good thing. And that's what God made man and woman for. By the way, he just made two genders. Amen. 
Amen. And of course, we're in we're in West Virginia and Kentucky, and we we know in Pennsylvania they just do. Would you believe what they're saying in town? They better not go into farming. That crowd will starve to death. <laughs> but it's not wrong. It's not. I can't. I can't be serious in this church. I get tickled every time I come here. You all laugh too much. And so, and, 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 and so, is it wrong for Samson to want a wife? No. He just wanted what he wanted rather than what the father wanted. Yes. Ended up, ended up losing his eyes and losing his life. Think of Israel that stopped worshiping God and giving God the Sabbath. They wanted to make more. They wanted more of God's blessings, but they ended up in sin. Think of Elimelech. I mean, his family, they had no bread. And there was, there was work in Moab. And he didn't say, I'm tired of trusting in God. He said, I'll go work. We'll sojourn in Moab and then we'll come back. And that's what he wanted to do. But the will of God was to go through a tough time trusting in God and let God provide. But Elimelech, he followed his own reason. He followed his own will. And that's how he left the will of God. And God lost the glory of Elimelech and Satan stole it. And that's what this war is all about. I, I, I got news for you. It's not about me and you. The devil's not trying to hurt me and you. That's right. He hates God. Yes, sir. Is there anything worse than someone using children to try to hurt someone else? But that's exactly what, what the devil did. He took the object of God's love. He took what God so loved the world that he gave his only son for. He took the very crowning creation of God and he said, I'll steal their affection. I'll hurt God by taking and stealing their affection. There is nothing that hurts anymore than to have a son or daughter love something that you know is going to hurt them. And can you imagine the hurt of God when we don't do His will and we say this, well, I just don't see anything wrong with it. Uh-oh, come on. I ask you this, is there anything wrong with Jesus eating bread? No, but that's not, that's what, not, not what God the Father told Him to do that day. Peter went fishing. Is there anything wrong with going fishing? Absolutely not. But that led him to grow sin because instead of him doing the will of the Father, he did what he wanted to do. Now think about this. Satan has a long menu of things to choose from that I can do in my life. And when I ask God, he gives me one choice about everything. There's a, there's, a, there's a mass rebellion in our world. And you know what it is? Somebody else choosing for us. So what the devil says, well, I'm not going to treat you like that. Well, you're big boys. You're big girls. I'll give you a whole menu to choose from. Well, you can go to the Protestant church, the Catholic church, the Muslim church, the Jewish church, the Baptist church, church on the rock, beside the rock, under the rock, hitting the head with the rock. You can go to any church. You can go to any church you want to go to. And the devil says, you just pick... And every time I go soul winning, I hear folks say, well, I'm just looking for a church that I'd fit in. You know what I'm looking for? I'm looking for a church to preach the Bible. Amen. And you know what we don't like? We don't want to find out they're just one. My generation decided, I'll make my own choice and I'll make the wrong one to prove it's my choice. How foolish. You know what the devil does when it comes to Bibles? He says, 
You mean God says there's just one Bible? Well, I've given you all kinds of choices. The NIV, the New King James, the RSV, the ASV, the Reader's Digest, the New Living Translation, the Amplified Bible, the Living Bible, the, uh, the, 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 uh, uh, the Comics Bible. He gives all kinds. And then you come to church and a preacher says, there's just one book. One book. God only wrote one book. He only authored one book. And God's preserved His inspired word right here in the King James Bible. And there's something in our flesh that says, I don't like Him telling me that. The devil didn't tell me to go into sin. He told me to pick whatever Bible that I could understand. Am I telling you the truth tonight or not? Am I preaching the Bible to you tonight or what? And the devil says, I've also got a menu of hobbies. You want to play sports? You want to play in the water? You want to go camping? You want to go fishing? You want to go picnicking? You want to go bowling? I mean, they got more sports. I mean, my goodness. Preacher, are you against sports? No, I'm against us not doing the will of God for our lives. The will of God for our lives. By the way, the best friend is a friend that tells you the truth. And that's why I titled the message tonight, Let Jesus Be a Friend. You know what the devil says about salvation? You just do the best you can and you'll make it. One of my favorite stories. Dr. Howells uh, was talking to a woman one day and, and she said, I, I, I just don't like your preaching about salvation. She says, you know, you just say there's one way. And she said, you know, if you wanted to go to Chicago, for example, she said you could take any one of, of several highways or freeways or, or, or you could take the side roads or you could take small roads or country roads. He said, ma'am, you're exactly right. But when I die, I'm not going to Chicago. <laughs> He said, when I die, I'm going to heaven. And the last time I looked, they just one way to heaven. And Jesus said, I'm the truth, the life, the way. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You see, Satan has a menu of religions. He has a menu of Bibles. He has a menu of hobbies. He has a menu of friends. He has a menu of careers to choose from. And all, listen to me. What the devil wants you to do is say, look, I'm your friend. I give you all these choices and you can choose. Oh, if you follow God, they're narrow-minded. They're narrow-minded. They're bigoted. They think they're the only one right. That's what they say about this church right here. <laughs> you folks think you're the only one right. Now, we don't believe that. We believe God's the only one right. Yeah, that's right. And just because we got on God's side doesn't mean that we decided what was right. It means that we've agreed with God because God knows what is yes. right. Amen. Turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. What sin was it that caused the fall of man and caused the verse to be true that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God? What sin was it that caused the Bible to be true when it said there is none righteous, no, not one? The Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the servant, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, nor shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God knoweth that in the day that ye eat thereof, 
Then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. The sin, the sin that pronounced sin on all of mankind. Let me ask you a question. Is it sin to eat fruit? Our doctors tell us to eat fruit. One doctor explained it to a fellow at home like this. He said, you see, you, 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 you need to have color variety in your food. You need to eat something green and, and something red and something yellow and something brown. And you, you have to get variety in you. And he went back in two weeks. He said, how are you doing? He said, I've never enjoyed M&M's as much as I have these last two weeks. He said, I, I, I did it. Now, 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 is there anything wrong with eating fruit? No, but here's what God said. You can have of everything in the garden. But this one tree, I don't want you to eat of that tree. Yes, yes. Now, what was the sin that she committed? She gave her glory to Satan yes, sir. rather than obeying what God had said. Yes, sir. Now, who's the best friend? The best friend is the one that tells you what's right and what's best. Would we want to say to our children, now, honey, you just do whatever makes you happy. You go out there and play, and if you want to play in the road, I'll tell the cars to stop. <laughs> That's what the devil does. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't stop the cars. I have a preacher friend that's just outside of Philadelphia in Kensington. It's, it's, it's a part of Philadelphia suburb, suburb. They have there what's called the zombie drug. It's a combination of, 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 of a tranquilizer that uh, veterinarians use for horses. And they mix that with, and, and, and if you saw a video of it, you would think that they were filming a movie for Halloween of folks just walking around like they're scary. But it's real life. And I mean blocks and blocks and blocks. And it lasts about three hours, and they have to have another shot. Three hours. And he said, he said Preacher, I know they're not going to live. He said, I don't know how many times I've whispered into the ear of a dying man and dying woman and said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus loves you. Died on the cross. If you can hear me, if you can hear me, believe on Christ. You know what the devil said? He didn't say, go get on drugs. He said, you all don't have to do what your mom and dad says. Why that narrow-minded preacher over there? He's trying to run your life. Never-minded preacher not trying to run your life. He's telling you, trying to tell you where life is happy, yes, where there's joy in life. And he's preaching the Word of God. And the yes. Bible says the narrow way leads to joy and happiness and gladness. Oh, but listen to me. The broad way, it's a, it's a well-paved road, uh, but it leads to destruction every time. And the way the devil gets everybody on that place of destruction is to tell them do what they want. You know, the book of Judges says, and every man did that which was. Nobody did wrong. Do you think anybody did wrong in the book of Judges? All of them did. But they did what they thought was right. Listen to this verse, Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. What's the next line say? We have turned everyone to what? His own way. We think 
Well, I don't have to be afraid of the devil because I'm ready for him. Buddy, I've said no to drugs and I've said no to alcohol. I don't, I don't uh, drink or smoke or cuss or chew or run around with those that do. I've, I've already made my list of what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not going to destroy my life. And the devil said, boy, you're doing good too. And I'm proud of you. And I'm your friend. And I'll help you do what you want to do. And all the time God's saying, I'll tell you where the joy is. Yes, it's a narrow way, but I'll show you where the safety is. Yes. I'll show you where the blessings are. I'll show you where those are. And I want to say tonight, let Jesus be your friend. He's not trying to ruin our life. Not trying to wreck your life. He's trying to get us to do what brings joy and gladness. The devil says, oh, there's 15 ways to get saved. Just believe in God. In fact, if you want to, make a God out of a tree and just pray to a tree. God made it. Jesus said there's one way. And so I preach to you tonight. Let's let Jesus be our friend. Let's, do what the, let's not ask the question, Preacher, is anything wrong with this? Let's ask the question. You think, Preacher, this be the will of God for my life? Good. That's how to live. Heavenly Amen. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you, Lord, for how as we study a word and we... And, and Paul said, we're not ignorant of his devices. Paul recognized what was going on. And Lord, this battle is not about us. The devil's not attacking us. He's trying to use us to get to God. Lord, I never want to make my heavenly father sad because I listened to the devil to do what I felt like doing or wanted to do rather than his will. Help us to decide tonight. I don't want to just do right I want to do God's will for my life. Bless, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand to your feet.